Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. I just cannot believe like the yeah the insensitivity and ignorance that is yeah that people are subjected to sometimes but on the topic of the workplace now so um I was very very lucky not to experience like any microaggressions or racism with my team they were all lovely um but I did manage to like um and this was across like I've done like a few bits here and there so I've managed to have like I think very discussions like on the topic about people's experiences but I think there was one black Muslim woman who was working at a bank um and um she was telling me um so um in Islam like as a woman or a man um you're not um like if you touch like a member of the opposite sex um 
you um it invalidates like your cleanliness for prayer right yeah so, um so this so this woman she was with her team and um like very qualified to be on this team might I add and um she and as she's um she um she I think she refuses to shake hands with like the client and the client is fine and accepts it but then somebody on her team goes and like tells everybody else um oh like this person she doesn't want to shake hands with men or whatever right and um, th- so she- so this woman becomes like the butt of so many jokes across the course of months. And the only oh, way that she found out was because somebody came and told her. And and obviously that was that wasn't an isolated incident. She'd gone through like so many other like really weird things as well. And um, like for one more situation as well, I think because we are discussing university students, I do know of one of my dear friends who. Um, who was at a dinner and um where they were making jokes about I think women who wear abayas and um and just the way that they dress and stuff like that and obviously her mother wears an abaya too so I think just like the normalization of Mm. I think workplace culture as you mentioned um where like a workplace culture where these where no one will call another person up on the things Mm -hmm. that they're saying um I think yeah I think that is that is a big issue too so it's not just like a one-to-one interaction but I think especially like if you consider yourself to be an ally you need to be sort of monitoring not mon- actively monitoring but if something jumps out to you speak about it double check with a person speak to a black friend if you have a black friend or check on the internet because like these things like have really massive tolls I think on people's mental health yes so yes to all of the above you literally voiced exactly what I was thinking at the end there about culture and how it takes it is not just an isolated incident of one person saying or doing one thing it involves everybody that has also co-signed what this person has done by not doing anything to stop it and that's where it becomes a cultural thing and that's where you get structures and cultures within organizations and educational institutions of discrimination of um, exclusion of racism because nobody is checking anybody nobody is holding people to account and it really does take just one person to be courageous enough and then I promise it will be a domino effect and so many more people will follow suit and one thread that I think also comes up that I don't think is spoken about enough is the intersection of race and womanhood and religion as well and there's a word that I don't think is used enough which is misogynoir which is basically the misogyny specifically against black women because it definitely is its own type of misogyny because of the racial, the racialized aspect to it. And it's so funny because as someone navigating it, you're worrying about your safety as a woman. And then you're also having to deal with what comes with the racism and the abuse and the trauma that comes with the racism. And I think that they're so inseparable. And with the case that you gave of the Muslim woman, um at the workplace it's you can see it and it's like because of the it's it's sexism and it's racism and it's Islamophobia all tied up with a little neat bow 
and it's it's horrible and I think because people don't even know what to name it they don't know what to call it it doesn't get called out enough and I think that a big part is also organizations learning the right literacy and understanding the nuances of the experiences that their diverse workforce is experiencing or if it's an educational institution then their student body is experiencing I think that's so important and it's the, the things that happen are crazy like what you were talking about with your university experiences and I think that's a very common one is basically being reminded by people that they don't think you should be here and I had a very explicit incident literally in my freshers week so this was like I've just joined I'm like spring chicken just settling in and this actually touches on how discrimination seeps into technology as well and I think why organizations need to have mechanisms in place to support their staff and their em employees and students when online abuse happens but it's related to that place of work um so I had posted um on a social media platform about the fact that it was like a matriculation post and someone had commented on it I did not realize they were still letting monkeys they had started letting monkeys into and yeah jaw drop jaw yeah drop. that's crazy that is yeah. insane. Yeah. And this is also a, a testament to allyship because my one of my best friends from home, she's amazing, she's white. And she, I never actually saw the comment with my own eyes. And the only reason that was, was because she saw it first, not long after it had been commented. And she mobilised every single person she knew to report it so that I didn't it got taken down fast enough that I didn't have to see it and I think that was such a strong case of allyship because not only was she unquestionably proactive but she didn't get me involved and she didn't she didn't want to give me any more trauma than was already going to come from an incident like that and so she took it into her own hands and she took that burden off of me and it's not a burden in terms of trying to sort it out and trying to get rid of it it's the emotional and mental burden that comes with these things and I think that there's such a protectiveness that comes with allyship and true allyship is like a true caring and wanting to protect someone that is vulnerable in a situation and that like that is what allyship is at the end of the day is it, it we see in geopolitics like it's it's one nation protecting another when they're in a vulnerable state it's and it's stepping in it's being that line of defense and I think yeah I think it was such a case for allyship but also a case for how there are no I don't know of any procedures in, that would have been able to I could have gone to to help me with that mental aftermath of an incident like that and I think that that does not exist in most organizations and 
there's so many parts to it, but I think a big one is the fact that it was online. And I think that spaces need to catch up with the fact that a lot of this abuse happens online now. Um, my mom even, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this, but at one of her previous jobs, she was also the recipient of online abuse, but it was from another colleague who sent her racist memes, basically. And even that was so difficult for her to navigate in terms of reporting procedures and everything that came with it. And what you would have thought would have been a very black and white, simple thing was actually followed by months of procedure just for it to be recognized as workplace harassment. And so I think that there needs to be so much more done that these things don't just happen on the premise of organizations, it happens online as well now. And I think that's so important to acknowledge. Um, but I think that having said that, and as I mentioned before, um, allies do show themselves in these situations. And these are the situations when you really need to be an ally if you're in the position to be one. Um, and it also, as we were talking about culture, I think opens up questions about what what makes a compassionate culture? Like what, if we've recognized what makes a very, very uncompassionate one, what what do you think makes a compassionate culture? Like what what have you experienced and what do you want to see more of? Um, I think that's a really great question. So yeah, thank you for that. And I'm really sorry that you had to go through that as well. Um, I think, I think definitely like don't deliberately exclude people don't deliberately don't deliberately exclude people um you may not feel it at the time but I think like just be very aware of your surroundings who you're interacting with the types of discussions that you're having like make sure people are included in your discussions like if you're talking about like for example um having a boat not everyone has a boat like just simple just simple things like that I think <laughs> I'm sorry but even um I think yeah just I think may just check up on people um if somebody voices something to you make sure that you can be the safe space that they need I think yeah um, I yeah. think um I can definitely corroborate this but like I think the best like best support um I've ever received from um anyone like ever has just been like a friend to be honest yes. like whether that's a friend at work a friend at school like anywhere like I think somebody just be just don't be somebody that will relay a discussion to somebody else if something uncomfortable does come up because I think especially if you're not black or if you're not from I think like a vulnerable group um who the person who's finding this more uncomfortable than you is the victim so just so just be there for them I think that's that's all I can say on that but yeah yeah I think that's amazing advice and I echo that 100% I think that to add to that although I really feel like I can't because I think that was genuinely perfect but I think it is also fostering an environment where it's okay to speak up and like it's okay to speak out when something doesn't feel right and I think 
that also comes with actually doing justice to when people do voice things because I think that if there's a history of seniors not taking things seriously when they are actually presented to them then it makes people less likely to actually want to speak out about them in the first place so I definitely think that's also a very important one um I think we're coming to the end now so do you have anything that you'd want to give any advice on for organizations or others listen to your black staff listen to your black staff I think um if there's if it's a thing where there's not many black people in senior leadership that definitely means that a voice is missing from the room be able to mobilize support from mm -hmm. whether it's the interns all the way to people at the top level people should have their say and I think definitely try different things just because something um and by the way, DE&I is very profitable for businesses. But if there is something that doesn't seem like there's working, if there's a program that people are not responding to in the way that you thought it, they would respond to, change it. Because I think the time for change is definitely now. It's like, I think um, when I was doing my internship, people say like, oh, DE&I is sexy now. Yes, it's sexy, but it should always be sexy. It should be it should be something that we invest time and money into. It shouldn't just pop out at Black History Month. It should start from the hiring process all the way to who gets picked to be promoted. All of this should be a factor that's always checked and double checked at each at each stage because, yeah, it should be checked and double checked at each stage. And um and yeah, I think that's I think just the sense of urgency if your company is doing something about it needs to be heightened a little bit and I think knowing and appreciating that this is a long-term project a really long-term project and it should be treated as such mm -hmm. so yeah amazing I think I would say if you want to invest in the well-being of your employees if you are an organization or an educational institution that has the means to and is passionate about pouring into the mental well-being and mental health of your employees invest in specific routes and avenues and resources and facilities for your colleagues for your staff for your students from marginalized groups who are going through things and trust me if you are a minority you're probably always going through something and so you're always going to need that extra mental support and I don't think often enough when people go through racialized incidents they are treated as victims of harassment and abuse but they are victims of harassment and abuse and so they need the according support um, and also the acknowledgement as such because I think that alone goes a very long way and to end I think that we should say something um, directly to others that have been in positions like ours, um, whether you come from a different marginalized group or you are literally a young black woman listening to this, what advice would you give? Okay, this is a fantastic question. One that I'm excited to answer. <laughs> um, I could say so many things, but I think just 
be so proud and firm in who you are be firm in your beliefs and if something happens to change that belief reorient yourself accordingly don't doubt yourself because there's going to be a lot of times where the world makes you doubt you um don't let don't ever let that happen have um, surround yourself with people for even if it's your family your friends back home call them often be there for other people because sometimes when you're in the process of giving advice to others that's sometimes something that you need to hear yourself as well um find your tribe and it might take a while but even if you have one or two friends who you can listen to joke with who make you feel seen and heard that that can honestly be a world of difference but yeah I love it I love it I love it and I think to end that the one thing that I would add is just do not lose hope because I think it can be so easy in times it can get so consuming and you can genuinely feel like this is your entire experience this is what your entire experience of just existing amounts to and it is not and you need to stand in your glory and you need to stand in everything else that you are outside of the gaze of what people who are discriminating against you are subjecting you to because you exist outside of their gaze and it's so important that you do not lose hope because of this isolated moment there is so much over the bridge once you pass this and I think if you employ everything just said you will find that out oh thank you so much no worries at all this is amazing thank you everyone that's listened as well and we will see you on the next episode of compassionate cultures the podcast bye-bye